It's Fire Away Friday. Fire Away Friday. On Exploring the Word, this is your chance to ask us your Bible question at 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. You can also email your question at word at AFR.net or visit Facebook.com slash Exploring the Word. Exploring the Word. It's Fire Away Friday on American Family Radio. Psalm 103 is just filled with great promises. And listen to this. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. This is Bert Harper along with Dr. Alex McFarland, and it's our joy to be with you on Fire Away Friday. That means you can call this number, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840, and we will take your call and your question. Look forward to seeing what it would be and see if there's a biblical answer to it, and we hope that we will have it. Alex, Fire Away Friday, you ready to go, brother? Uh, you know, I'm always eager to do this, and that number again is 888-589-8840. And uh, folks, Bert and I, a couple of hours ago, we were on a call with a publisher of our upcoming book, uh, The Top 100 Questions from the First 10 Years of Exploring the Word. And it's going to be available during share and we can't wait to tell you what... Uh, what we're going to do to make that available in the middle of September during share In fact, let me give those dates, and I want to ask people to pray about that. Um, share is going to come up, it's really in October 12th through 14th, the fall share And Bert, um, you and I have done this a number of years. Aren't the people that listen to this network, aren't they faithful in their prayers and support? They are. You know, this past year, because of the pandemic, we wondered what would happen in the spring and in the fall. And honestly, it just exceeded the expectations of anyone here as as you, the listeners, called in. And, and we talk about it during share You'll hear me say this quite a bit. You know, you can listen, pray, share others, but also some of us come along and share with resources but we appreciate every one of those, and we do thank you. Look forward to share and look forward to that book getting into the hands of many, many people. Exactly. You know, when I, over the July 4th when I was in Indiana, and then last weekend I was in um, St. Louis and Irondale, Missouri. This weekend, by the way, Sunday night I'm going to be at Shepherd's Chapel in Raleigh, North Carolina, 6 p.m. We're going to be doing an open Q&A, but... People drive a long way, and we love to meet them. And so thanks for your prayers. Be looking out for this book, and it's your questions that made this book possible. And we're going to go to questions now, aren't we? We're ready to go. And uh, where are we going to first, Alex? How about we go to Arkansas and we talk to Katie. Katie, are you there? Yes, I am. I'm so excited. Uh, Well, we're glad to have you. What's on your mind today, Katie? Um, well, I have a son named Judah, J-U-D-A-H, and I was just going to see if y'all would pray for him and if um, if you would give me any advice on how to raise a godly young man. Oh, wow. Uh, Katie, we will certainly pray, pray for Judah. And listen, you know, we pray a lot. We stay on our knees. I want to tell you what Dr. 
uh, Dobson said, James Dobson, Alex's former employee, uh, employer, matter of fact. Work, how many years do you work with Dr. Dobson? Well, full-time, five and a half, and then part-time while I came back to look after my parents, six or seven. And then, um, you know, God is so good. After I left uh, Dr. Dobson, along comes AFA. But uh, what did he say about raising godly he kids? He said, work? it will keep you on your knees. He said, just pray for them. And he said, live consistent lives. That's what you want to do more than anything, Katie. Let them see Jesus in you. You know, uh, it makes it plain what it says. As you go through your life, let them see Christ. Let them hear it. But then purposely at time, it set aside time that you can share the Word of God with them. And uh, the most important thing is is relationship, Alex. And your other friend, uh, McDowell, Josh McDowell, said, oh, you know, yeah relation uh rules without relationship leads to rebellion and i found yeah. out the other way is true relationship without some rules or boundaries it also lead to, to uh to rebellion so you want to do both you want to have that relationship first and that phone phone number by the way is 888-589-8840 but we're going to pray for judah uh, alex you got anything to say before we pray well, you know, just uh, authenticity in your own lives, um, and and I just appreciate you desiring to pass the faith on, as the Bible says to do. Read Deuteronomy 6 and Exodus 13, <laughs> and talks about passing it on. But, Bert, why don't you lead us in a word of prayer, would you? I will. And this is not only for Judah. This is for many of you who are raising young boys and girls that God would give you what you need, and, and they would receive it. Father, I pray for Katie. I thank you for her heart, uh, to hear her enthusiasm to, to call today, and for her son Judah, praiseworthy. I pray he would live up to his name and bring praise to you. And, Father, I pray that you would help uh, Katie in that being consistent about sharing the truth and uh, being all that she can be. I pray for the godly men that will come into Judah's life, that they would influence him, that they would help direct him. And, Father, that he would take that baton that's handed off to him and take it and run with it. We pray for the others, Father, that are listening, some young children that are listening right now. They're in the car with their mom or their dad, and they may be at home. I pray, God, that you would help us as grandparents to be those godly uh, examples. And Father, help us to know what to say and when to say it. And Father, we do trust you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Down in Texas, it's uh, Bobby. Hey, is this Bobby Joe? Yes. Yes, Alex. I love you guys. And uh, oh, man. apparently, I had a bad connection last time I called, which was a couple days ago. And it's about the passage of Paul in Ephesians 6, where he says, When you have done all that you can do, when you are prepared, taking your stance and prayed, by all means, keep standing. Now, what is our means? Does every human being have those same means? Because the means by which I believe Paul is talking is by the means which God already gives us. Amen. You know, Alex, God has yes. given us everything we need for life and godliness in this present world. Life yeah. and godliness means that you're walking with the Lord. Now, that those two things is, is, is amazing, walking and standing. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, it says walk 
in the Spirit, walk in the Lord. Uh, it says, can two walk together unless they be agreed? But also at time to take your stand. And so the means, the Holy Spirit of God, he's given us that and the Word of God. You combine those two in a life of prayer and a life of consistency. I believe I believe we can do what God wants us to do. You, you know, Bobby Joe, you ask a great question. You, by all means, stand. And, and what are those means? Bert, um, let me read just a little bit out of 1 Thessalonians 5, and I'm going to give you a couple of other thoughts, too, about how what are the, the ways by which we stand in our Christian faith. 1 Thessalonians 5, beginning at verse 16, says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, do not quench the Spirit, despise not prophesyings, in other words, preaching the Word of God, Prove all things whole, fast to that which is good. Abstain from every appearance of evil. Verse 23 of 1 Thessalonians 5, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus. Now, Bert, these echo some other things like 2 Timothy 2.15, that we are to study the Word of God. Uh, Ephesians 6, uh, praying always with all prayer and supplication. But I look at this 1 Thessalonians 5, and Bert, um, you chime in if you would. These things contribute to a solid Christian life, rejoicing, prayer all the time, thanksgiving, yielding to the Spirit of God, hearing good preaching, abstaining from evil. And then verse 23 of 1 Thessalonians 5, the God of peace sanctifies us. to feed my soul and build up myself as a Christian, several of these things we've got to every day look after, don't we? It is, and it is cooperation with the Holy Spirit. If it's just determination on my part or your part, Alex, I just want to tell you, you'll fail. Uh, yeah, you're the purpose in your heart, but I am telling you, the power of the Holy Spirit helping us, it is a great way to take that stand where you to do Matter of fact, I've talked about my professor at Blue Mountain College, Dr. James Travis. When -hmm. you started reading those, I thought of what he said. If I'm not mistaken, there's eight. And he said, you want to run on all eight cylinders? I love that. And he said, I like that. Your vehicle or your life will run smoothly when you run on these these eight cylinders. I think that's good advice. Great question, Bobby. How about Timothy in Oklahoma? Uh, Timothy, welcome to Exploring the Word. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir, Mr. McFarland. Uh, I'm glad to be on here today, and I've been trying to call through before. And I, I, if you remember, I called last time about the uh, book of Joel when you were doing Exploring the Word and had some questions regarding that. Um, I heard you speak. I'm going to be fast. I heard you speak uh, maybe a couple weeks ago. I don't know how long it was, how you were uh, clarifying to a woman that there is room for Arminianists and Calvinists in, you know, the, uh, you know, the Christian circle. And I was wanting to know, why do you believe that if both contradict each other and they depict two different types of gods, how can that be reconcilable? And uh, can, can a that, person That's a great question. Way? Great what question. Let me, let me chime in here, and Bert, you can say uh, anything that you might feel led to say. 
Um, Calvinism and Arminianism. Okay, there was a guy in the Reformation named John Calvin who was a Christian and a scholar. There was a guy named uh, Iacus Arminius, and both of these are trying to understand the work of the Holy Spirit and things like um, man's free will and God's foreknowledge. But let me. Here's why I believe that in heaven there'll be Calvinists, Reformed, Presbyterian. There'll be Methodists, Wesleyan, Arminians. Because here's the thing on which we all agree: that the Son of God gave His life in love on the cross, and the the punishment for our sin was poured onto Jesus, and we put our faith in Jesus. Now, I believe Revelation twenty two seventeen: the Spirit and the Bride say, "Come." whosoever will may come. I believe that. And I know some Calvinists, not all, believe that, well, there's the elect, there's the non-elect. And while, let me say this, Bert, you you can be less than correct about how election works, but you can't be mistaken about the deity of Christ. And so if you put your faith in Jesus, the Son of God, you're in. Now, God's not going to say, ah, but you, you, were, you were less than precise about your understanding of the work of the Spirit and election. If you put your faith in Jesus, you can be wrong about a hundred things, but if you're right on Jesus, you're saved. Amen. Let me just tell you, it's the same God. John Wesley, George Whitfield, they both went to school together. They part of the Holy Club. Both of them used of God in a mighty way. And they worked together and they shared together. I think that's an example of what we should be about today. Hey, we're going to come back in a moment, take more phone calls. That number, 888-589-8840. And we can't wait to hear from you. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Rachel Taylor, Principal Deputy Assistant Secretary for Policy, Management, and Budget at the U.S. Department of the Interior. Her office oversees management and conservation of federal lands. Genesis 1-1 reminds us that the earth is God's creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, We ask for guidance for Rachel Taylor in her role at the U.S. Department of the Interior. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. People whose parents came from different places in the world sometimes say they're part this and part that, but those parts only add up to 100%. Dr. Evans says that limitation doesn't apply to Jesus. He'll explain why as we spend two minutes with Tony. When we talk about Jesus being the Son of God and the Son of Man, we are talking about him equally partaking of two natures. 
Jesus has divine nature. Jesus has human nature. They are unmixed, walking side by side in one person. One moment, he could be hungry. The next moment, he could feed 5,000. One moment, he could be thirsty. The next moment, he could walk on water. One moment, he could die. Then he could rise from the dead. Because you got two natures operating side by side in one person. He not only possesses the nature of both, but he is carrying out a responsibility for both. He is fulfilling a job description on behalf of God and on behalf of us. So as son of God, he is fulfilling what the father says. And as son of man, he is fulfilling what you and I need. And as a result, he can do both in one person because the one person has both operating inside of him. So when we talk about Jesus, we're talking about a whole lot more than a name. We're talking about two natures and two ministerial responsibilities residing in one person. Learn more about the significance of Jesus' role as Savior, Lord, and more. Check out Tony's book, The Power of Jesus' Names, available online at TonyEvans.org. And be sure to join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. If you like these kind of questions about how do we reconcile the sovereignty of God and the free will of man, hey, I want to say two things. One, Norm Geisler, he's in heaven now, but he wrote a wonderful book, Chosen But Free, and I think that book is very helpful on this subject. But also, I want to mention Truth for a New Generation, October 15 through 17, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Frank Turek, Sandy Rios, E.W. Jackson, myself, a, a very special Zoom presentation by Miki Addison. It's going to be phenomenal. Go to truthforanewgeneration.com. And also a very, very special two-hour seminar on how to build a youth ministry that really wins and retains young people. Truth for New Generation, South Carolina, October 15 through 17. I hope to see you there. And right now, Bert, you ready to go back to calls? Ready to go. Um, how about we talk to uh, Lex... Uh, Lex in Texas, do I, do I have your name correct, brother? Yes, yes, sir. How are y'all? Yeah, good to have you. Um, so my question was, uh, I have been dating this girl for about five and a half years. Uh, I'm 23 years old. When we first started dating, secular, uh, um, about two years ago, maybe a little under that, uh, glory to God, I was born again, and, um, I was not the one raised in a Christian household. My girlfriend was. Uh, but anyways, uh, you know, the Bible says you can uh, be able to judge people by their fruits or tell uh, if that's the Holy Spirit or not. And uh, I know for a fact my girlfriend is, is still worldly. Um, uh, I guess you could say lukewarm. Um, when and how... Uh, you 
Breaking Bert, up blicks. Bert, are, I, I are think, you getting this? Yeah, I think when and how, what do you do? We're going to try. I think I know what you're asking, Lex, and we're going to try to do this. We appreciate you, brother. We're going to be praying for you. Praise the Lord you were saved. Amen. And Amen. and the Bible makes it plain. All things become new. Uh, now, Paul also said, you know, in me is no good thing. And so you have to deal with that old man. He talked about it in scriptures. Put off the old man and put on the new man. Sounds like you're doing that, uh, Lex. And if your girlfriend uh, is saved, uh, it sounds like she's living uh, that old way. And Alex, uh, I, I want to just tell you, there's a time when when you have these yellow warning or maybe red flags coming up in a relationship this early, uh, that is very, very quick to say, Lord, I may do something about this. Sounds like, yeah. Lex, you might need to look at it, confront her on that in a nice, loving, caring way. But uh, you don't want to get into that relationship already knowing that there's a, uh, a division there, Alex, is what I would call it. Yeah, I mean, second only to choosing to follow Christ, I mean, the, the person you choose to marry is so, so vital. And just like, you know, we had the privilege of talking with a precious um, lady yesterday who was praying for a husband. Let me just say to all the men, um, wait for that godly woman that uh, Jesus has for you, um, or you might have to wait for God to work on them, but let me just say your your spouse literally can make or break you. So just pray, keep your eyes on Jesus, and wait for that person that is the godly person, or let them experience Jesus so that they are the godly person, because, um, Bert, in the ministry, you and I have both seen it. I mean, the spouse really, spiritually and okay. in a hundred other ways, can make you or break you. Oh. Alex, just tell real quickly about you and Angie. I think it would fit here. I mean, she was, I mean, you liked her, but she said, you got to come to Bible study. She really, she she laid down some uh, guidelines in order to oh, be a I part and date her. Bert, have you ever seen, now folks, listen to this. Have you ever seen in a movie where it's like a very dramatic moment and the camera kind of zooms in and everything in the background like fades away? Do you Have you ever seen? I, I know what you mean, yes. So I was at Southeast High School, and I thought I knew everybody at my high school. And one day in my senior year, there's this girl. And I mean, the world faded away and all I could see. And I was smitten. And it was Angie. And uh, I mean, I, I wanted to date her. Well, she went away to nursing school, and I went to UNC Greensboro, and I was playing guitar in a band, and we had a, had a gig at a fraternity party, and there was going to be beer. So I'm driving through Greensboro, and I see Angie putting gas in a car. And I pulled in, I said, uh, Angie Lowe, L-O-W-E, that was her maiden name, I said, hi, do you remember me? Yeah, yeah. I said, wow, what are you doing? She goes, well, I'm in nursing school. And I said, wow, I'm in college. Um, listen, I'm in a band. You ought to come to hear my band. And hey, there's going to be free beer. And she said, uh, no, thank you, but thanks anyway. And I was like, hmm. Uh, and so I would call her, and, and she said no. And she said, look, we have a Bible study. Come to the Bible study. For a good six months, I mean, she laid down the law, and she would not go out with me. I go to the Bible study just to sort of placate her, and maybe she'll go out with me. 
And I hear the gospel, I get under conviction, I got saved. And I mean, I got, Jesus was real to me from the moment. Amen. Amen. And anyway, almost five years later, we got married. And Wednesday, July 28th, if the good Lord's willing and the world is still here, Wednesday, Angie and I will begin our 32nd year together. Hallelujah. But I thank God, here's the deal. She was not going to bend or settle or compromise and I'm here today saved and happily married because of a girl who stood by her Christian convictions, Bert. Amen. I I, I hope you heard that, uh, Lex. I, I just, that's what you want. And I know for me, I'm just going to do it real quickly. I shared a little bit. <laughs> Jan changed my life. The Lord Jesus Christ and Jan has changed my life more than anyone. A godly woman, man, I was saved uh, I wanted to do right, and uh, and then I found her. And then if I was going to date her, I had to do right. <laughs> you know, uh, that I just knew those went together. And what a choice it's been, and she has blessed my life, and uh, nothing like that. And so, Lex, we're going to pray for you, wisdom, brother. Where to next, Alex? All right. How about we go to uh, Mississippi, and we're going to talk to Celeste. What a pretty name from Mississippi. Welcome to the program. Hi. Uh, thank you guys so much for taking my call. I listen to y'all every day, and I just appreciate y'all so much and learn so much from you, but evidently not enough because here I am. <laughs> um, I, um, I am involved with, uh, a, a man who I, I don't know, m- might marry, but it's very problematic because he is Mormon and one, and two, doesn't believe in the inerrancy of the, the Bible, and I, I do, and, but I find that he's a lot smarter than I am, and um, he's a better talker than I am, and I, I find myself just struggling to answer him offhand without doing any research but right now he's pressing and thinks he's just proven that the bible contradicts itself in uh the verses of uh genesis 6 verses 1 and 2 about the where it uh refers to the the sons of god um there there's a lot behind his question um but but the 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 main thing I guess two things uh, very troubling to me that I think he's implying that there's more than one son of God which there absolutely is not um, and that the the Bible is just one great big contradiction and and I don't know I, I can't even believe I got through um, but I, I feel like this is like a real pivotal moment where I, I if I could give a, a an, an answer that maybe I could start to 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 turn him to the truth okay great Celeste we're we today's a day of prayer uh Lex mm. we want to pray for her Katie from Arkansas and Judah and now uh you know Celeste we we write their names down and pray for them Celeste there's answers to Genesis six one through two. There really is, but it's it's in the book coming it up. Is. Actually, it is. But listen, this relationship you have, 
Uh, it's It sounds like an equal. And the Bible says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. In other words, uh, yoke is like two oxen in that day pulling and you know, they're not working together, trying to go in opposite directions. Be careful in this relationship. Alex, go ahead with Genesis 6, 1 and 2. Um, well, yeah, and, and let me just say this about uh, Mormonism and Christianity, and just very briefly, but folks, um, I was asked to do a wedding. This is 20 years ago. There was a girl that had been in our youth group, and she went away to college. Hadn't seen her in a while, but she she was a good Christian girl. She really was. Well, her family calls me up and asked me to do the wedding because she's going to get married to a Mormon. And I counsel with them, and I explain that, really, look, I know there are a lot of Mormons that are very moral. They can make very good citizens. But their their message of salvation is not Christian. Well, the mother kind of got mad at me, and she said, well, you, you I can't believe you turned down this wedding, and they're just another Christian denomination. I said, they're really not. Well, we saw them about... I don't know, five years ago, and the the mother of the bride wept, and she said, Oh, Alex, I wish we had listened to you. Uh, I cannot even see my grandkids unsupervised. The grandkids were baptized in the Mormon temple in Washington. My daughter that was once a devout Christian is now a devout Mormon, baptized in D.C. She said, It has wrecked our family, and I'm terrified for my daughter. Now, here's, here's something I want to say. Um, if you talk with this person, try to be very civil. Look at Galatians 1.8. And, and very often I've shared with Mormons, I'll say, can you agree we have a different message? It is different. Faith in Jesus versus all these works. Okay. Can we agree it's a different origin? Jesus and the apostles versus Moroni and Joseph Smith. Okay. Can we agree on the King James Bible? Because the Mormon church does recognize the King James. Okay. Different message, different origin. We agree on the King James Okay, turn to Galatians 1.8. Paul says, if we, or an angel from heaven, preaches a different gospel, let him be anathema, or cursed. And I've had more than a few Mormons, Bert, uh, they get a deer-in-the-headlights look about that time, because clearly the biblical New Testament Christian message is different than what Joseph Smith invented in the 19th century in upstate New York. Now, so that's one thing, but I would just say this, and I do want to pray. Um, I, I don't, I don't care how much you feel like you might have um, attraction to a person. If you're not on the same page spiritually, you're very likely setting yourself up for a life of heartache, and really, uh, it could even compromise your faith. And so, um, you do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. But Bert, I just I think the basis for for a successful marriage has got to be an equal pairing, and a friend of Jesus and an enemy of Jesus are just not equal. They're going in completely opposite directions. Father, I pray for Celeste. Give her guidance in this relationship. Give her words to speak. She is talking about how that uh, her her boyfriend has the words and articulate. Father, that is not a sign of, of knowing you. It is loving you, caring for you, living and letting Christ be seen. So give Celeste wisdom 
And Father, may she follow you and do your will in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, before the break, how about we go to Ron in Tennessee? Ron, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Let me get you off speakerphone. Okay. Thanks for holding. Welcome to the program. And by the way, folks, the number is 888-589-8840. Fire away Friday on Exploring the Word. Okay. Uh, what I have a, a question about out there in Genesis, the first part, and I'm legally blind, so I can't give you the chapter. There's, they are two occurrences of the creation of Eve. Now, when I could see, I read a lot of extra books, and I came across the word, the Jewish philosophy, with Lilith. Now, who is Lilith? Yeah, um, Lilith is not somebody from the Bible. Lilith is a is a person, really, of Jewish folklore, Um you know, sometimes they like to say that there was, um, you know, Adam had a wife named Lilith or something like that. But really, uh, according to Jewish, you know, folklore, uh, it was a type of demon. You know, it, it, in a way, Lilith is to ancient Judaism what the jinns are to Islamic theology, something kind of more than human but less than God, not completely good. But um, let, let me say that uh, the wife of Adam is Eve, um, not, not this demonic female siren from Jewish folklore. And when you see that, listen, what you see, and a lot of people talk about the two creations, uh, you have an overall view, and then all of a sudden it, it comes in on a microscope and, you know, spotlighting that of of what Eve and Adam as Eve uh, came from Adam's rib. It's not two different stories. They're not different. Uh, one is an overall, the other one is close up, Alex. That's the best way I could talk sure. about it. Yeah, well, in Genesis 2, you can read about the creation of Eve, uh, Adam's wife. Stay tuned. We're going to come back with more of your Bible questions on today's edition of Exploring the Word on the American Family Radio Network. We're so glad you're listening. We appreciate it. Stay tuned. We're back after this. The American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Here's another of our core values. AFA believes that all men and women, whether in private or public, should be free to exercise their faith without hindrance from the government. Thank you for standing with AFA, and we thank you for your support. On the next Focus on the Family, WNBA All-Star and four-time Olympic gold medalist, Tamika Catchings-Smith reflects on her childhood, dealing with hearing loss and bullying, which led her to discover a passion for basketball. It's a captivating story next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Focus on the Family is heard each weekday morning at 5 o'clock Central on American Family Radio. Rejoice with those who rejoice. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Michael, a five-year-old boy, showed up at the courthouse in Grand Rapids, Michigan for an adoption hearing with his foster parents. 
and he had a crowd of unusual supporters. Michael's entire kindergarten class sat in the audience behind him, waving big red hearts mounted on wooden sticks to show their support. The kindergartners offered the most touching answers, standing up and telling the court, I love Michael, or Michael's my best friend. Michael's new father and mother had been married nearly 10 years, and he'd been living with them as a foster child for more than a year. Adoption, truly, is at the heart of the gospel. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner, or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 5, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. I recently got a new wood pellet grill. Every time I used that grill, it would throw the breaker in my circuit box. So I'd just reset the breaker and keep grilling. Well, my friend said, Stephen, don't do that. Your grill is drawing more power than the circuit can provide. If you keep using it like that, you'll cause a fire. I had been operating my grill on overload. Well, we tend to live on overload, doing more and more and more, but with less and less power. If you live like that for too long, it will hurt you. God commands us to rest for our good, and Jesus will supply you with physical rest when your soul is resting in Him. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Amen. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Fire away Friday, and we've got phone calls. We're going to get right to them. Alex is going to go to them. But first, I wanted to give a, one more time this week the Pastor and Wife Fishbowl Retreat, October the 19th through the 21st, Pickwick Landing State Park. And you can go to repairingthefoundations.net and register. Uh, talk to your pastor and wife. You might want to do it as elders or deacons, Sunday school teacher, or just a gift for your pastor and his wife. Jan and I will be there, Ed Vitagliano and J.J. Jasper, repairingthefoundations.net. Register. Go ahead and do it. Well, Alex, we've still got some people on the phone lines. Let's go and talk to them. Cindy from Arkansas. Cindy, thank you for holding, and welcome to the American Family Radio Network. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Yes. Uh, I have a question regarding my son. He's 24 years old. He's in graduate school, academically very smart, and seems to think he's so smart he doesn't need God anymore. Um, he's kind of all of my children. I've, their dad left when after 20 years of marriage, and so I raised the youngest by myself, and he's Mr. Woke now, along with his older brother and sister, and today he called and asked for money, and um, 
I was tempted, well, I'm tempted not to help him because he has really, I mean, he's made it very clear he doesn't want a relationship with God. He's living a very immoral life, but thinks he's doing everything right because academically he is. So I guess my question is, as a Christian mom, can I address any, I mean, salvation issues with him? I mean, he's... I'm just curious. Let me ask you this. He's not graduated from college yet? He's in grad school. Mom, did you largely pay for his undergrad degree? As a single parent, he got some grants but he also got a, got a lot of high school scholarships. So right. it was, and his yeah. dad is in the picture, but not really. Right. You know, um, I mean, he's... I, well, first of all, my heart goes out to you because we, we hear this quite a bit um, of kids raised from, from good, godly parents, and they they walk away and... Especially in colleges, it's they they, they really it's, do. It's epidemic. Uh, uh, let me just say, I'm I'm kind of hard shell, and maybe I am because I I had to pay my own way. You know, I was pretty much financially was on my own by about age sixteen, um, and God helped me along. But if somebody's big enough to uh, repudiate God and country, they're big enough to pay their own way. And Bert, you feel free to disagree, but, um, you know, I, and I think Dr. Dobson would concur with what I'm about to say. Um, he's an adult now, and as such, he's accountable to God for his choices. Um, and if it's a matter of life and death, you know, if, if they don't get penicillin, they're going to die, of course, open up the checkbook. But if they're on their own and they're in grad school, you've, you've raised them, fed them, it's if they're big enough to, uh, you know, turn their back on God, and if you say woke, I presume he's really turned his back on this country too. I wouldn't pay a nickel of my money to bankroll that. Now, no. Bert, no, you, yeah, I, I, Alex, you can't help but believe that. Cindy, uh, I, I hear your heart breaking as you invested in your children and seeing them go that way. Uh, again, uh, I. I think the time has come. Those apron strings, uh, if they're going to cut the strings uh, with the relationship that has that had with you, I think the financial apron strings would be wise to be cut as well. Uh, try to maintain that relationship with you doing that. I know they threaten well, and fear comes in. Well, if I don't help him, he'll walk away completely and never have anything to do with me. Uh, I... I, you don't know he's responsible to respond, but you're responsible to be a steward of what God's given you. And uh, it sounds like you would be feeding a a a person that is uh, going astray and using that money for whatever. I, Cindy, and and yeah, and and let me say, um, you being generous with him financially is not going to help him come under conviction. Yeah. Because I know a lot of parents that have been excessively generous with their kids, and I under believe me, I understand why. But um, you know, it it doesn't seem to help put them under conviction yeah. and put them on the road back to Christ, does it, Bert? It does not. 
we're we're just developing a prayer list. Put Cindy and her son, her children, Amen. on that prayer list. Katie, uh, we're praying for him, I, for her. We really are. Lex, Celeste, Cindy, uh, pray for them. Thank you, Cindy, for calling. Uh, Rita in Tennessee. Rita, uh, thanks for holding. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, thanks for taking my call. Um, I listen to you guys every day. Um, I've kind of got more of a personal issue. Um, my son was killed in a um, car wreck um, 11 years ago this past month. And sorry. I know the Bible says something about, you know, we're not supposed to grieve too long. Um, but, I mean, you know, this is just so etched in my heart and in my soul. And he's just my first thought every day, my last thought. I think about him all day. I, I miss him. Uh, God's been good to me. Uh, he's given me confirmation that he's safely in his arms, and, and I know that. And the first year was really hard for me because um, I prayed for him so much as a young gentleman that I felt like I prayed him completely out of my life, and it was my fault. And then I realized, you know, a year later it wasn't, and so I just keep picking up all these things that, you know, to, to blame myself, I guess. Okay, Rita. I, listen, we hurt with you. I want to recommend something real quickly, and it, uh, Devin, you make sure it's resources at AFA. Uh, used to be AFA store. Now it's resources dot. Uh, okay, you can go to AFA store dot net, uh, Rita. And order Losing Cooper, Finding Hope to Grieve oh, Well. It's, yeah. it's by our friend, our colleague, J.J. Jasper. And J.J. and his wife wrote the book, and mostly J.J. Melanie has a chapter in it. But it goes through that process of grieving. And I remember something that was told J.J., and J.J. said it's best. said, when you lose a child, it's like having one of your limbs amputated. Uh, it's always there. You always miss it. Yes, you get on with life, but you miss it. But that's losing Cooper, uh, you know, and, and you can do that at afastore.net. Alex, go ahead. Well, God bless you, dear sister. God bless you. And, you, you know, what we're talking about really is emotional healing in the aftermath of, of a tragedy and a loss and you know in this fallen world there there are a lot of losses and i think the only way we can really process them is is through jesus you know and i would encourage you to to reflect on on the lord and read the word uh there's so much in the bible I, and bert this might sound very obvious or common but you might want to start with psalm 23 that the lord yep. is our shepherd and do you know, um, Rita, just keep your eyes on Christ, and, and you say your son is in heaven? Well, rejoice in that great reunion day that's coming. And one of the best ways, not only focus on God, focus on his word, prayer, and you know all the things that I'm sure you're doing, but one of the best ways to give a boost to our spirit is to serve others. And I have found, uh, and Bert, you can uh, respond too, Oftentimes, listen carefully, what you need, give away what you need 
and it'll come back to you. And let me say this. If you're down and you wish you could feel joyful, well, try to spread some love and joy, and, and son, somehow you'll begin to feel joyful. Yep. And if you need encouragement, be an encourager. And Bert, I don't know, I think emotionally um, what you need, and only the Lord can help you do this, give away that thing you need, and you're going to find out that it somehow crops up in your life. Well, it talks about even financially that doing that, but I think it works. The principle is there. And serving one another, that's what we do. And uh, the Bible talks about comfort with the same comfort that you've been comforted with. And and so, Rita, I would really look out for those who have lost loved ones and you coming alongside them and, and just loving them, helping them. And, uh, I, you know, do you – what J.J. says, you just – you know, it's going to be – times when it overcomes you on certain mm-hmm. days and special days, their birthdays, and said that's when the Holy Spirit comes in and holds you up. Otherwise, you would be knocked down. And so we're praying the Holy Spirit. So add Rita to this prayer list. That's what we're doing today. Uh, I, you know, some days have themes, and this is one of those days, and we're praying for it's, Rita in Tennessee. It's just a big Bible study class. It is. And- that's what it is. That's what we want it to be. In Louisiana, there's Millard, and we're going to speak with Millard. Uh, are you there? Yeah, no D on it. Millard is my middle name. No, okay. Thanks uh, for holding. Yeah, and I met you. I met you down here in Baton Rouge about six years ago. There was some function down here at one of the Baptist churches, and I met you there. Wonderful. I listen to, you and, I listen to y'all all the time, and uh, I just want. I had a couple of comments on two of your calls, and I wanted to just see what you thought about it. Um, one of them has to do with the Calvinism and uh, Armenianism, and I've thought about that a lot over the years. But, you know, uh, Paul says in First Timothy 2 that he desires it all to be saved and all to come to the knowledge of the truth. And uh, Peter says in Second Peter 3.9 that he desires that all come to repentance and none perish. So, God wants everybody to be saved, but he doesn't force anybody. That's and right. So Amen. My, my point is, in Calvinism, I've always, and I know a lot of Presbyterian solid believers and all that, but um, the, the, the way Calvinism is presented, this is what confused me about the election of being chosen. And it sounds like they're saying that God says, well, any, any, miny, mo. I choose uh, Alex and not Miller. Yeah. Uh, listen, this, we've got, we've got, I, I'm just going to say it, Alex, it may not sound good. We got bigger fish to fry than trying to, to, to find the differences in that. The differences has been around quite a while and we need to say there are brothers and sisters in Christ. They need to say to us, let's work together. And I have so many, some of my best friends Alex, uh, they're reformed, and I, man, we mm-hmm. get along, we pray together, we preach, and and listen, when I look at the Word of God, I, I will never diminish the sovereignty of God, the sovereignty of God of who he is, but I'm also not going to diminish man's accountability and responsibility of choosing, 
Uh, I mean, when I read, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how many times I would have taken you under my wings as a mother hen takes her chicks, but listen to those last words, but you would not. So let's work together. Let's, let's say, man, uh, this is not a, a fuss worth, worth having. Alex, that's my heart. I, I just Amen. filled it today. Amen. Uh, again, let me mention Dr. Geisler's very fine book. I think is very balanced, Chosen But Free. I think it was published by Bethany House. Uh, we're going to go to Bob in Louisiana. Bob, are you there? Uh, uh, how, oh, I think we lost No, him. we lost him. How about Paul in Mississippi? Yeah, there Paul he is. Paul in Mississippi. How yeah. about it, Paul? Paul? Uh, yeah, Paul. Hello? Yes, you're yes. on, Paul. Go right ahead. Okay, this is, okay, this is Carl. Uh, peace be unto you, Bert. I'm sorry. Uh, I've got a question I've got, and I've done to you. Uh, is, is, why is there so, so much confusion on understanding on the keeping of the law, uh, where Jesus says in that? Uh, man, you're breaking up, and we uh, try once again, brother. Okay. question would be, why is there so much confusion on understanding of keeping God's law? We all agree on keeping the law. Uh, Jesus said that he come not to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. And Paul says, should we continue in sin now that grace abounds? And he said, God forbid. Although the law does not prevent us from going to heaven, we're not under the penalty of the law, but yet the law is still good. Okay, I agree. Hey, Alex, the difference in the ceremonial law and the moral law, uh, that ceremonial law, Jesus fulfilled every bit of that. No longer do we need a high priest. He is our high priest. But when it comes to the moral, quote, code, uh, the, the book of Ezekiel and, and Jeremiah talked about it being written in our hearts. So it changes. Yeah. It doesn't change for us the way we should live before God does it. But we're not saved by keeping it. Right. Galatians 3.24 says that God's law was a tutor or schoolmaster or guardian to show us how much we needed a Savior. So thank the Lord Jesus fulfilled it all where we weren't able to do that, so we put our faith in him. It's been a good day, hasn't it, Bert? It has. By the way, I'll be preaching at First Baptist Church, Baldwin, Mississippi, 9.30 Sunday morning. If you can come, I'd love to see you there, and be sure and speak to me. Well, folks, thanks for listening to the American Family Radio Network and Exploring the Word. We'll finish up Galatians first of the week and keep going with questions and the Word of God. Tell somebody about the show, but tell everybody about Jesus.